Blog Talk Radio. and one-third of the illustrious three-man booth. And before I bring my comrades into the fold, allow me to say you could have been anywhere in the world this evening, but you're here with us, and we appreciate your patronage. Uh, now, let me introduce the other two-thirds of the illustrious three-man booth before we get into this edition of the Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com, RSG. Renegade Radio brought to you by Resistance Digital. Uh, on my right, I got my man, D. Wills. Holla at the people. Sports news. We have so much happening in sports news right now. I'm excited, man. You know, I'm just trying to make sure I got my PR person with me so you know, I don't mess up any time during this 90 minutes. You know, I won't say anything crazy. You know, like hey, man, don't sleep on the value of a PR rep, all right? There's some folks out there who uh, their PR rep is working hard for them right now. I'm talking about uh, Jay-Z. His PR person has got to be out there right now. 
uh, working the phone, <laughs> uh, work, working overtime to try and uh, put put some water on this fire that that uh, his his sister in law has started, and then your boy Donald Sterling and his whole camp. I mean, it, it, his whole his whole entourage, his whole lineage just need to fall back for about. 30, 40 days. <laughs> like, just go away for a little bit, man. Like, somebody needs to put him on house arrest or something, man. This cat, he, you know, people do these interviews. You know, they sit down with, you know, Katie Couric, Barbara Walters, Anderson Cooper. They sit down with these folks, and it's supposed to make the situation better. It's supposed to give the average American a better understanding of their perspective. But it only backfires. I've never seen this really work for anybody. And yeah, his PR people—they um, need to be fired. <laughs> they need to be fired. I'm telling you. So let's let's let's, uh, let's sharpen up the triangle. Uh, we got the hammer in the house, sitting in for my man PhD, who could not be with us tonight. He's checking out the Rangers. And, and the Penguins taking in some NHL playoff hockey. That, that's that's new terrain for the sports guys. That's new terrain for RSG. I don't know if they're ready for renegades at a hockey game, but uh, PAV is getting them primed. But we got the the hammer in the house to uh, get us through this 90 minutes of funk we're going to lay on y'all. Hammer, how you doing since we last spoke, man? I'm blessed, man. I'm just happy uh, to be asked to take over a PhD, and uh, we got a lot to talk about, a lot going on in the sports world. Real sports guys going to bring it. D. Wills, Game Changer, and a hammer to guess, uh, and just happy to be uh, on the team tonight, you know, subbing. So, six man, you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. Six man of the year right there in the house. Uh, so, let's just jump into it. This portion of the show is called the intro to let them know. You're listening to the Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com, RSG, Renegade Radio, brought to you by Fredericks Accounting, XL Academics, On the Rocks in Rockford, Illinois, and Resistance Digital Solutions. Uh, fellas, we're going to jump into it. Again, all the guests and hosts this evening will come via the Fredericks Accounting Gateway, Fredericks Accounting, a national accounting service where clients never fear April 15th. Make sure you check them out. They'll get you hooked up. The good folks at Fredericks Accounting will address your business and personal accounting needs. Make sure you hit them up. Tell them the real sports guy sent you. That's Fredericks Accounting. Now, fellas, we're going to talk NFL draft and the funky editorial brought to you by On the Rocks. We're going to give out the RSG, the RSG edition of draft grades. Now, we don't come at it from a Fugazi perspective. We understand, all right, that you really won't know the value of a draft for another two to three years, at least, and sometimes longer. But what we are going to look at is who we feel like put them in position to be able to, uh, one, they acquired the most talent, two, they managed the process, all right, and three, they made moves where moves needed to be made, you know, it's still, it's still a process. You know, you may not know what you're doing. It's like an investment, all right? You may not know on that day how your investment is going to turn out, but you still got to make a good investment. You got to have a good, a good game plan to begin with, and you got to stick with that game plan or else you don't have a shot to begin with. So we're going to look at who put themselves in a position to three, four years from now 
be looking back on this draft as a pivotal draft for their franchise, a game-changing draft uh, for their franchise. So we're going to get into that. Of course, we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs. we got got uh, four hot series going right now, uh, Washington, Indiana, Miami, Brooklyn, Oklahoma City, Los Angeles, and San Antonio and Portland. So we're going to talk about those um, and dig into all of that. Uh, we're going to hit you off with the Resistance Digital Dog of the Week. And then we have our uh, Excel Academics last word to close out the show. So we have another uh, exciting, rambunctious, and fabulous edition of the Real Sports Guys on deck for you. And we're just going to jump right in with the new edition of the Funky Editorial brought to you by On the Rocks and Rockford, Illinois. On the Rocks, great establishment, great food, great people, great music. Make sure you check out our man, Craig Sockwell, at On the Rocks in Rockville, Illinois. Uh, get some of that good food. Again, we're going to work out that RSG special menu. we got to get Craig on that. Man, let's go ahead and hit him off with the funky editorial. Fellas, the one thing we need to say, shall we say it, y'all? Melvin, right. Jimmy, Coleman, Ryan, say it. Everybody want to get funky one more time. This edition of the Funky Editorial, the Renegades are about to break down the 2014 NFL Draft. Now, before we get into the format and laying the format out for you guys, for the listeners out there, I just want to get a feel for how the fellas felt about the timing of the draft. You know, the NFL moved it back a couple of weeks, about two weeks, um, due to scheduling conflict at Radio City Music Hall, uh, Hank, how, how did you feel about the, the, the timing of the draft? Was it too late for you? Nah, brother, it was it was great because uh, by bottom line, the draft is a great drama. It's a drama of uh, young men trying to get that dream. And so the longer it was, the more revelations came out about, you know, Medenberger, about um, the kid uh, from um, from uh, the U, uh, the big tackle that uh, barely got drafted. Um I mean, you're talking about, uh, you know, just compelling people, the clowny situation about whether he's going to be traded for, whether he's going to get drafted or not. Khalil Mack, it just, it just made the story even more compelling, the fact that um, it was later. And it should be even later than this, you know, uh, later, having it at the end of, the, end of May. So um, the draft is the most compelling drama there is because you have young men who – want to get in the league, you know, the Michael Sam story, just all, all the stories about, uh, you know, Blake Bortles getting to stay basically his, his crib with uh, Jacksonville. And so, no, nah, it, it, I had no problem with it at all. Um, and the fact that uh, the draft outdrew two NBA playoff games combined in the ratings just shows how compelling it is. I mean, the NFL is where it's at as far as uh, sports goes right now, plain and simple. Let's not even talk about okay. baseball with the ratings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I – okay, you, you, you dropped some knowledge right there. d Will, what was your perspective on the uh, timing of the NFL draft this season? How did you feel about it? Well, I, you know, a lot of the um, – when people are doing the analysis, they, they, they try to link a lot of the success of this draft to, you know, um, Sam and Manziel and – but the thing about the draft is draft always has storylines. And so in a way I agree with, um, with, uh, with Carl and with uh, the Hammer uh, that um, 
that um, the the building the drama up to the draft is not a bad thing. And I think, you know, as we're thinking about going and doing grades, I think teams didn't make as many mistakes because they had a little bit more time to find out more about players. Um, and you got a better sense of the players. You, you got a chance to understand who's really that type of player because you can't really sustain that front for that long. Something's going to break down through this process. And I think it allowed for the scrutiny and allowed for the kind of trades uh, that you saw uh, to happen and for players to get picked closer to where their value sits. So I didn't mind it. It got a little bit away from the uh, the final four and um, championship gave us something else to look for. Um, I think it's good to be baked in with the NBA um, uh, playoffs. So, yeah, I, 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 you know, at first I was, you know, thinking, wow, it never come, but I, I actually liked it. Yeah, and I think I was where both of you guys were. I, at first, I was a little like, "Come on, man, let's get the draft going, man. It should be, it should have happened already." But what I think it did is it gave, it, for me, it was good for me as an individual sports fan because it allowed me to just sit back for the first uh, round of the playoffs and just focus on the NBA playoffs. I mean, we got good through a couple of game sevens, so I could really just lock in on the first round, which was a very good first round. And then this weekend, I got hit off with the draft. And so it, it just worked out very well, um, in my opinion, um, as far as, you know, the timing of it all and being able to uh, kind of soak it all in and enjoy it. I thought the draft was very well timed. Um, in that sense, I was a little skeptical at first. But looking back on it, it kind of gave me a couple of weeks of really action-packed sports viewing, um, which, you know, I felt good about. Well, let me ask you this question. The, the one wrinkle they had in you did cover is that they get they got to pick their own hit, uh, music when they got selected. What did you think about that? And then uh, you know what? I didn't even I didn't even catch it. You didn't catch it. So let's take no, I, 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 I couldn't hear the music. I mean, I could, I, I, I knew I knew they I knew they had it, but watching it on yeah. TV, they didn't really play it. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I didn't I really music either. Yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't really get get to get to feel that piece of it. You know, that's the piece that I think that's cool that they've done that. Now they got to flesh it out so that like you can you can actually hear it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I was I was looking for it, but it wasn't audible um, on the broadcast. So 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 what song would you have come in on? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, hmm. Hmm. That's a tough question, man. Cause it's a tough question. Isn't you know it? me I as a music guy, I gotta sit and ponder I, I on that, man. I, I gotta sit and ponder on that. What What would you have done, Hammer? Man, stronger Kanye West, no doubt, man. Okay. Okay. A couple came in like that. No okay. Came in like no that. doubt. No question. Man, that's all about the draft cut process. About the perseverance. I mean, all these young men, what they went through from you know prep to the college game, you know. I mean, there are a lot of a lot of big big uh, you know five star guys who were at home you know watching the draft you know just hoping you know hoping for a prayer. Yeah, I, so, I, nah. I got mine now. I got mine now. I got mine now. D. Wills, I want to hear yours first. <laughs> I thought about this. I went back and forth on it. I might see, but see, I'm, these young guys like this wouldn't think of a song like this. But for me, I might come out with some LL. I'm bad. 
Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm down. That's, that's that's one of my favorites. That's one of my favorites. I like that selection. I like both of y'all selections. I like the Kanye. I like, say, who's I like the, the LL. Yeah. Yeah, I like the Kanye. I like the LL. For mine, I'm going Jay-Z, public service announcement. Just to draw oh, it to the whole one. start of the song. And then, then, then the organs come in and, you know, yeah, allow me to reintroduce myself. <laughs> I'm getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I'm coming out. That's how I'm coming out right there. Now I need to reintroduce myself. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, yes. Good question. Good, great question. Great question, D-Wood. Great question. Let's jump into this format we got here. All right? So we got... Kind of a three-tier process that we got going on. We got uh, we're gonna give you a couple of teams at each level of our yeah each tier of our uh, ranking system here. So we got Dean's list. These are teams that performed at the highest level during the draft, meaning they acquired talent, they ran the process, you know, and they took and, and they took advantage of opportunity when opportunity presented itself. Then we got academic good standing, teams that were solid but didn't blow us away, and then we got academic probation, teams that missed completely in our eyes and the GM and coach are uh, on, on, on notice as of, you know, Monday morning. They were on notice. So uh, let's start with uh, Hammer and your Dean's list. You can give me, give me whatever teams you got. We, we said a max of three. If you got three, give me all three. If you don't, don't sweat. Give me what you got. I got three. I got. Uh, I can put it out right there. I got St. Louis. I got Minnesota, and I got uh, Atlanta. I'll break down St. Louis. Great draft. Started off with, I believe, uh, could be the next Walter Jones, uh, Greg Robinson. Just, just a beast. Can run a sub five uh, forty at three hundred. You know, forty pounds. Just this. Uh, a, a, a tackle's tackle. I mean, just tremendous guy. And I mean, in my understanding, he's gonna play some guard to start off. Just versatile, and, and this guy's a beast. And so, you gotta handle the uh, one thing Jeff Fisher and Les Need know. You gotta handle that that line of scrimmage. And so, on the offensive side of the ball, they did it. And then they went on the defensive side of the ball with the pick, Aaron Donald. Just an absolute beast, man. Uh, just a tremendous deep D tackle is gonna just cause havoc in the NFL. Uh, one of them for my hometown team, but you know, didn't happen. We picked a, a, a third corner, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, and then you look <laughs> at the, the other picks they had, you know, Lamarcus Joyner, Mason. I mean, you know, Gil- Gilbert was a nice quarterback depth. You know, Michael Sam's gonna have a nice motor. So I, I like I like the draft a lot. I think uh, St. Louis is gonna be the next level in the toughest division of football and, and really bring it. Minnesota, Anthony Barr is going to be a beast. I mean, Anthony Barr, the converted running back, uh, he's going to be just an absolute freak, uh, just learning the game and just going to be a nightmare. Terry Bridgewater, I don't care about a pro day, man. Jamarcus Russell had a great pro day. Look what happened to him. So I don't hear about no pro day. <laughs> great point. I want to see a tape. And the bottom line is Terry Bridgewater can bring it and – Cadillac and all side, just great draft pick for Mike Zimmer starting off uh, in Minnesota. 
Uh, Noah Turner going to be the OC, going to really, and, and, and Bridgewater going to be starting. You know, Castle's a bum. Don't even mention about Ponder. Ponder stole money. So, and you look at what they did, too. Uh, Jerry McKenzie will be a nice backup, uh, taking over for um, my man, um, uh, I forgot my man uh, from Stanford, uh, which is Jacksonville. Toby Gerhardt. Uh, 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 yeah, Gerhardt. Uh, for, uh, for AP. Yeah. Yankee was a nice pick. Uh, I mean, this is a nice, nice draft uh, through and through. And Jabari Price uh, in the corner, and so uh, I mean, this this is a nice, uh, a nice team. And then going to Atlanta, and Atlanta brought it with the first pick. I mean, go with the bloodline, the Matthews, the Clay Matthews, Bruce Matthews tree, solid. Clay Matthews right now, bring it. A little some injuries, but a beast. And Jake Matthews is going to be a great. Tied, uh, a great uh, tackle, and just just the safest pick probably in the draft. Hagerman, you know, with Minnesota, great, great uh, three technique D tackle. My man, I gotta give a shout out to my Badger, Dev Southworth. He's gonna bring it from Florida. Gonna be a good, nice player. Wouldn't be surprised if he's in the Pro Bowl. Just just big, solid safety. Uh, Devontae Freeman is gonna be nice. Uh, with uh, Steven Jackson slowing down. I mean, they just had a great draft, uh, great draft uh, up in the, in the ATL, man. And that, that's my Dean's list. Okay. All right. So the, the team I like from your Dean's list is St. Louis. Um, you know, I love it. I really do. I really love it when teams go after improving a strength, you know, and really trying to hit – they're close to hitting their ceiling in a particular category, whether it be your secondary or your pass rush. And you just, you just say, you know what, we need that one more piece, and then we become a real problem in this particular area, um, an exceptional problem. And I like what they did with getting Donald with their front four. You know, it, it reminds me of those front fours the Giants had um, kind of in the early, mid-2000s um, where they had guys who uh, just got after the uh, – I got after the quarterback in their front. Um, and I, I think that's what, you know, St. Louis is, is creating. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass it to, to D. Wills. I want to get to Dean's list. So go ahead, D. Wills. Um, the one team that you, y'all, I don't, the team that I liked a lot, and they just have been reloading, um, is the 49ers. Um, you know, I think with, uh, if you look at from top to bottom, they got really good football players. Um, uh, you think about Ward from Northern Illinois. I think he helps them build some. And, and, and people sleep on NIU, but NIU's been a, uh, a solid program for a while. And this is a kid that gets after it. Uh, my, you know, my my graduate alma mater. Um, and I think he builds that. He gets them back and getting that uh, depth that he was a backfield. The Carl's High pick I like because. The one thing about the 49ers, they keep loading up on those running backs and those guys who pound and, and really uh, allow them to be physical. Um, I like Marcus Martin because I think um, I watched him play a little bit. Um, I think he's going to really solidify their line of scrimmage. And they always invest between Martin and Thomas in their line of scrimmage and getting some them linemen and keep building there. And, and they'll continue to do that with the college free agents. I like the Chris Borland pick. And, you know, we all first worked with Wisconsin. I watched that kid. I knew that kid when he walked in to the building and watched him from day one. This is a good football player. Um, and given some of the injuries they're dealing with with the linebacking core, 
But this is a kid, don't be surprised if they start putting him in spots throughout the year. He's, this is a good football player. He definitely put him in spots because of Bauman. That, I mean, he's huh? he going to play if they're off. He's going to play. Bauman, he's going to play if they're off. He's going to play. Chris going to play. This, gonna play. this is a kid that's going to make some plays uh, that I really like uh, with that. Um, and then, I mean, throughout, if you look at it throughout, it, they got some solid guys who I think can contribute, and they hit all their – the Bruce Ellington pick, I like Bruce. I mean, I've watched him play at Carolina. I think under – guys like this will will play better under a coach like Harbaugh because he's going to bring some discipline to the game. And But I like him in terms of what I think he can do a long run, and he might be a kid that you can see coming up. So I like their kind of – I think they were solid going through, and that was a, a Dean's list. Another team, I think I'm a homer. I'm just going to add it in here. Is my Steelers, and the reason why is because I think they went back to what they know. <laughs> they went back and did. We got to talk about that, D. Wells. We got to talk about that. Huh? Go ahead. We got to talk about that, bro. Go ahead. They, they got to go back to it. And uh, I like, you know, the first pick people can debate, but I think um, with uh, Shazier, I, you know, he might have been a little bit higher than they should, but I think he's a kid that's going to play well under them. Dick LeBeau will use his speed and use his athleticism to get with it. I like the two-it pick. Um, I like Archer's going to be explosive. They still got to add to that running game. But the, but I like the depth they built on defense. All these kids in, in, in where I think they're going to really need some help have done it. They addressed the defensive backfield where I, I felt like they needed to get a pick there. But I like the kid, and I, I did tweet on this, is a kid uh, uh, from uh, UCLA, uh, Zumwalt. This guy plays like a stealer. He, they got him, and he's kind of picked, they got him in the sixth round. But if you watch, I've watched a little bit of UCLA. This is a guy in a big LeBeau defense that's going to get after people. And so I felt like they really started to, to get it, uh, at some of the things that they really need to reestablish on defense and they need to get younger, and I felt like they did it. And don't sleep on the tight end from UMass. Uh, I believe this kid started out at, I want to say, I don't know if he did, but I think he might start out at Michigan, but this is a kid that um, uh, can can play, and that was kind of on the ra- radar, but don't sleep on this kid from UMass at tight end. Okay. Well, I okay. talked about the best, the best, the best player. The best player was was uh, Martavis Bryant. That's going to be the the baller. And that, and that, I, 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 I like I, I like Bryant, but I, and and all, it's all going to come down to, and the reason why I switch the offensive players because it's going to come down to how Ben responds, right? If Ben becomes the backyard quarterback, it might be effective. It might not. If Ben becomes that quarterback, that towards the end of the season, where he let the running game help him, then I'm, I'm okay with the, the Bryant pick. But I'm not buying any receivers until I see what they do on offense. Where they need to win games is on defense. They need to be able to stop some people. And their problem has been um, is, is that they don't make enough of those key plays to get those turnovers. They just do too much, especially in the backfield. They, they need to – Ramp up that linebacker court, and they need to really strengthen their defensive backfield. So I agree with you, but I'm still waiting to see how Ben uses these weapons. The running game is going to force him to do it, but I, I'm not sure how he's going to react. Okay, okay. Uh, so uh, I, I'm going to go with my Dean's list. 
Uh, the first team I've got, you guys hit on some teams that I liked, St. Louis, San Francisco. A team I'm going to throw out that wasn't on either of your lists, uh, the Green Bay Packers. Um, I, I oh, felt yeah. like defensively, they hit a knee with ha-ha, Clinton Dix. Um, <laughs> I, just, I, just like, I just like saying the name. <laughs> Like, seriously, uh-huh. his, his name, we Ha-Ha. We're going to call the grown man Ha-Ha, all right? <laughs> but we got Ha-Ha in Green Bay. Uh, you know, Ted Thompson always hits on his receivers, so I anticipate either Aberdares or Adam. Yeah, either one of those guys is going to hit and stick, probably, if not both. Um, you know, Thornton gives them a little bit of depth at the D-line. Uh, you know, a lot of folks were, were questioning whether or not they got enough defense. I think the thing that Thompson did was he also, you know, he's a draft and develop GM, and he's got some guys in, in, the, in the cupboard who haven't produced yet who he spent first-round picks on um, right. in the likes of uh, Jarrell Wor- uh, high picks, Jarrell Worthy, Detone Jones, Nick Perry. Those guys still – he's still got to give those guys a chance to breathe. You know, so he's not going defense just yet, and I like he didn't panic. Um, he's still got balance. It looks like he still stayed true to his board and got the best guy that was available. I mean, he basically went offense, defense, offense, defense for most of the draft. Um, so, you know, I like that he didn't panic because the fan base out here is clamoring for defensive help, defensive help, defensive help. Um, I think he understands what he has on his roster. And he made choices that that made sense while still getting a high level of talent. Now, the second team I got on my Dane's list is the New York Jets. And, again, for me, it's about identity. And they acquired talent that helps them maintain their identity. I think that's why you like what the Pittsburgh Steelers did and the 49ers did. It's because they took guys that allowed them to – that will allow them to maintain their identity – for a longer window, because once you lose sight of that, especially in football, when you lose sight of that identity of who you're going to be and what type of team you want to be, you, you lose yourself. Look at the New York Giants. Ever since their front four has gotten weak and they stopped running the ball and they tried to throw it all over the yard, now you have a situation where they're losing games. Why? They don't have an identity anymore, you know. What they won with is no longer there. And so the Jets did a good job. They took Calvin Pryor uh, early. They got a tight end, um, which I think is a, for them what they have to do is start to build up their offense. Their defense is top-notch. They took another player that they can add to the defense. Uh, they got another corner in McDougal who I really like. I think he's going to be a very, very good player. I think he's going to fit really like well. Too small. Too small in, 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 the, in the corner area right now with the Richard Shermans and too small, man. They have a terrible yeah, everybody, they don't play the same style. They don't play the same style as Seattle. They don't ask their corners to do it. They haven't, they haven't played that way. That's why they got rid of Cromartie. They let Rivas go. They're not playing that style at the corner position no more. I think he fits with what they're trying to do. Um, that's why they're a 500 team. Say what? That's why they're a 500 team, too. But that's because the offense sucks. That's because the offense has sucked. I mean, the defense was top-notch. You can't you, – that's, that's not debatable. Yeah, the, defense, the defense is loaded with talent. Offensively, they've struggled. Now, they've, they've picked up some guys, Chris Johnson, Eric Decker, Mike Vick, uh, to push Geno Smith. So they have some different pieces that they've brought in offensively to try and bring their offense up to the level of defense. 
you know, if they if they win two games at ten and six and no longer five hundred, and it, you know, I think with the pieces they've added on offense, they probably can get to ten and six. You know, will that get them in the playoffs? Who knows? But I think they they they've improved themselves and they've also solidified the strength. Which you just you want to stay strong where you're strong, and you want to try and address your weaknesses uh, as best you can. But you want to make sure you stay strong and you stay ahead of the curve with your strengths. And they did that. Um, so those are my two Dean's List teams um, that I had left over on potential teams on my Dean's List. I want to move down a notch. I want to move down a notch, and we're going to go to the next tier, which is academic good standing. I'm going to start with you, you uh, Hammer. And who, who did a solid job but did blow you away? Ravens uh, did a solid job, Bengals, and uh, Texans. I think they all had solid drafts, but, um, you know, I'll start with um, Ravens. I think C.J. Mosley's good, solid pick, but not explosive. I mean, he's he's not explosive. He's going to be a good, solid player, but I I just – he's not going to be a game changer um, like you, brother. And then uh, (laughs) Timmy Timmy Jernigan – the red flags. I mean, I'm sorry, you know, again, if you can't get off the substances in this process with the money on the table, you're either dumb or you're you're a fool. I mean, I, I just can't see, I mean, what's happening with Josh Gordon right now, all these other people, I mean, yeah. the red flags with Jernigan, he's a great talent, but... I just would not invest a second-round pick on him. I, mean, he's, I think he's going to be solid. I think he'll have a good veteran core around him. But you know, he, he probably will work out. But, you know, the chances, that's why that's why a talent like that's in the second round. I mean, he's a first-rounder, no doubt. Uh, you know, Terrence Brooks thinks solid. Uh, this kid from Colorado State supposed to be a very solid player. And, and Gary Kubiak's going to be uh, running it, so – um, you know, it's it's a good, solid draft. Uh, even the last round pick, uh, this Camperano kid is supposed to be really good. So um, I think they're a solid draft, but nothing is going to change uh, change the game. You know, as far as uh, Cincinnati and uh, you know my brother uh, Marvin Lewis, I mean Dark Ronaldo, I think it was a great pick. Uh, Jeremy Hill, another character guy, just wonder about. He's great talent, but. Again, uh, his talent, even though we're not taking running backs, I mean, he should have been at least a high second rounder. Serious red flags. And uh, just good solid. You know, A.J. McCarron, obviously, is going to be the high pick, solid pick. Um, so it was a good, solid draft, but nothing, uh, like I said, I think it'll, it'll keep them, you know, losing in the first round of the playoffs uh, uh, every year. And, and that's about it. And then finally, Houston. Uh, then they really hit on Clowney. I think Clowney's going to be a stud. Uh, he's going to bring it. And uh, the the the, the uh, second round pick is guard, just an absolute beast. I love the Iowa kid too. I don't care what they say. I think this kid's the CME he's solid. Knicks, they hit on him, but the Savage kid, not that impressed with him, man. Very uh, unstable cat. Uh, several schools, very indecisive. That's not the person you want to turn over. The franchise too, and you got Ryan Fitzpatrick, and you got Case Keenum, you know, as your top quarterbacks, and so they're they're good picks, but they really uh, suffered near the end of the draft as far as it goes. So that's that's my assessment as far as uh, the good teams, good standing, but you know, not stars, not summa cum laude, 
and not acting probation, you know. Okay. All right. All right. A, a, stu- a student assessment right there, D. Wills. Give me your academic good standing picks. Um, I think there's a, there was a lot of teams in this kind of middle ground. Um, and I think I think uh, Hammer hit on a couple of, of, of teams. Um, I think the Bengals had a solid um, draft for a number of reasons that uh, uh, Hammer was talking about. But I, I think that I like Jeremy Hill in this situation. Um, and I hit on a couple other people, but um, you know when you have a quarterback like they have, so continue to solidify that running game as they move closer into the playoffs as a threat, um, I think it's going to be very important uh, 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 part of their their game. But I think what they got was really solid needs. And then I like uh, I like uh, Nard. I think getting that shutdown in that division, getting a guy that allows to that plays with some discipline and allows you to, you know, maybe shut down the side of the field um, defensively is going to be very important for them. And so – I just think, you know, Cincinnati's been drafting, you know, very well. I think part of the thing they got to really deal with is they got to leverage this and get deeper into the playoffs and really make that run they're supposed to do. And that's all going to come back to the quarterback position. Um, so it would be interesting to see how a guy like A.J. McCarron, how that, what, what that does to that quarterback situation because he's very competitive. And he's the kind of cat that never really gets a lot of credit um, for how he plays. and He plays with chip on his shoulder. And so, you know, is he just going to be that backup and be there, or is he going to push? Uh, but I like the other pieces that they put together. There's nothing going to make you jump, but I think the, the you know, Denard the corner is a difference maker. And I think sometimes late in the playoffs, you need that kind of guy. And I think that's – I like their draft. Uh, another team I'm going to try and move away from some of the other ones I think that people uh, already mentioned that I thought um, uh, was pretty solid – uh, the, the other group that I like, um, and I think they've just been kind of um, sleeping their way back in, and they get criticized a lot because everybody's watching. But I thought, I thought for the most part, <laughs> Cowboys were solid. And this is the reason why I'm going to say this. It's because everybody thought that Jerry was going to fall back into that addiction. Mm-hmm. And for the second year in a row, you know, and they, and they slept on my guy from Wisconsin. He was solid for them all year last year. You know, they would. I didn't sleep on him. I didn't sleep on him. I know you didn't, Frederick. No. But but they went back and got Zach Martin. They got him a solid. Yeah. And this is a guy who could play multiple positions. Solid, shoring up that that offensive line. Then they went and addressed defense. Two straight picks, right? Uh, they got Lawrence, who I've watched a little bit, like him. Uh, and then Hitchens from Iowa, like him uh, a little bit. And then they got Street, who I watched a little bit. Um, um, that they, but but they, they did some investment on the defense. You think about their next, they got between linemen and defensive players, you know, they didn't fall in, lo- they didn't fall in love with specialty players. They got solid uh, football players at positions that they really needed. And, that's a little bit different discipline than you've seen with the Cowboys. But I think for two straight drafts, you know, Jerry's held it together. Now, what he does with it, can't tell you nothing. <laughs> so I, I agree with some of the selections you guys made. The Cowboys, they were on my radar. Uh, you know, the Bengals were definitely on my radar. The one thing I would say about the Bengals, 
Uh, one thing I'll add about the Bengals, and particularly the McCarran pick, and I'll throw this out there to you guys. McCarran reminds me in the way he's viewed right now, not that this is where he'll wind up, but in the way he's viewed right now, he reminds me of Brady when Brady came out, came out of Michigan. You know, a guy who won a lot in college. People kind of overlook him a little bit. Don't give him a ton of credit because he played with a ton of talent. But he's got the prototypical size, you know, arm strength, all that kind of stuff is there. He just, but again, he just doesn't get. He just doesn't get that credit. But all he's done is be successful. You know, whether he turns out to be a Brady or not is still yet to be seen. But I'm just talking about when you look at coming out of college, how these guys are stacking up in comparison to other to the other quarterbacks. McCarron is oftentimes the afterthought in the conversation. You know what I mean? And I think Brady was at his time as well. That's why he fell to the sixth round. Despite all of the production he had when he was in college and all the winning he did, he played in the pro-style offense in college at Michigan, but they ran the ball, which is the same thing. He wasn't actually fling the ball around the yard um, in Michigan the same way McCarron wasn't actually fling the ball around the yard at Alabama. doesn't mean they can't do it. And because they didn't do it in college, I think, you know, it, it, it kind of hurts their perception a little bit. But I agree with you, B. Wills. I think the kid's a competitor. I think if you put him in a situation uh, with other than proving that he can win with talent when he's got other talented guys and he can be that facilitator offensively, um, you know, he, he may push uh, Andy Dalton a little bit. And, you know, if Dalton doesn't get it done in the playoffs, you know, he, he might, we might see, you know, A.J. McCarron sooner than later. Um, so, Another team I thought did well but didn't blow me away was the Cleveland Browns. And there's the obvious Manziel factor, which I'll get into in a second, but I think overall they did a good job, again, of focusing on areas where they need support, not getting too caught up in all of the other stuff that was going on with, um, you know, the Josh Gordon situation. They stuck true to their board. They tried to address whatever needs they could, but also solidifying who they want to be and trying to develop an identity. Um, getting Justin Gilbert at number eight was a bit high, but he fits. They feel like he's a fit for what they're trying to do defensively. And that's for me, that's important. If, you, if you've got a philosophy, you've got to get players. Forget how uh, McShay rates them, how Kuiper rates them. Do they fit with you? That's what the Seahawks, that's what teams like the Seahawks have done. You know, people got on the Seahawks for picking up Bruce Irvin in the first round a couple of years ago. You know what? He fit with what they were trying to do defensively. You know what I mean? He fit a need. He fit into their scheme. They saw a place for him. And, and, and they used him in a certain way that works for their team. You know? And that's what you got to do. you got to acquire talent that fits with the identity of your squad. And so I think they did that. Obviously, the Manziel pick helps that franchise more off the field than it does on the field for the near future. Um, but they needed that. You know, it's also a business. You know, at the end of the day, you're trying to win games, but this is also a business, and Manziel is good for business. And them trading up within the process, they trade back and then they trade up. I think they managed the process really well to be able to maximize the picks that they had, particularly early in the draft. And that's why I like what they did didn't blow me away, but I like what they did in managing the process and still getting talent in, but also raising the value of the franchise as a whole. 
I mean, Manziel jersey sold, you know, selling like hotcakes. Uh, ain't nobody been buying no Cleveland Browns jerseys. One, they're ugly. No. Uh, it's an ugly color. <laughs> <laughs> now they're going, now they're flying off the shelf because of Johnny Manziel. So that's good business. And, I, I you know, I, and again, how much, you know, if, if when Forbes does the next uh, report on uh, sports franchise worth, I guarantee Cleveland is up several spots just because of that pick, you know. So overall, I think they helped themselves uh, in that way. Whether it actually equates to anything on the field, we'll see. I think that's just to be seen. I'm not a Manziel guy um, as far as his skill set and his ability, but you can't deny he definitely registers at the box office. So, you know, in that sense, you know, they didn't take the bait early. They were patient. They were able to come back and get him, and they still picked up a first-rounder next year and a fourth-rounder next year, you know. So I I think they managed that process really well. So hats off to the Browns. Uh, Again, it wasn't awesome. But I felt like it was. They took advantage of of the spot that they were in and made the best of it. So now let's let's go ahead and get into the next tier, the next and final tier: academic probation. Who just totally missed in your eyes? Um, I think I know where the hammer is going on this one. So I'm gonna go with him first. Hammer. Who do you have on academic probation? Definitely the Carolina Panthers. No question. I know what you thought I was going to say, but nah, not my Bears. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I've made no secret. You probably saw on Facebook. I did not like the the Fuller pick. I think he'll, I think he'll be a, an all pro. Don't get me wrong, but I, I think when you have Calvin Pryor ha ha on the board, and you saw the, I mean, we were playing uh, nine on eleven last year. It was ridiculous with with Conti and. And, and, mm-hmm. and those cats. So, but no, I can't say the Bears because I think that they did get value with, with Fuller. I just wouldn't have picked them. But now let's look at the the you know Benjamin can't catch the ball. I mean, it's that simple. I mean, I, I I'm stunned that uh, they didn't take Marquise Lee. I mean, I know he had a bad year. I know Marquise uh, probably uh, had some red flags because the way he threw Kiffin under the bus and had the the, the you know the uh, the closed team meeting. But, you know, Kelvin Benjamin's a great physical freak, but, you know, if you're a wide receiver you can't catch the ball, I mean, that's like a point guard that can't dribble. I mean, it makes no sense. So uh, I just don't like the pick, and, they, and uh, considering all the wide receivers they lost, it was a bad pick, uh, considering some of the uh, on the board, just just not a good pick by them. Uh, Coney Ely, um, you know, again, um, there we have – Good edge rushers. Uh, they're gonna pick him up for as a backup. Uh, number sixty. They could have gotten somebody better. Um, just just a lot of mediocre picks. Uh, Trey Turner is a guy that's a physical guy, but not a good, not, not a good guy. Trey Broston. I mean, they, they really they they underwhelmed. Um, uh, I'm gonna be biased in my uh, underground mater. I like Gaffney. I think Gaffney's gonna be a hard runner. Uh, and he's gonna. Uh, really make it uh, in this league because uh, he's he's a tough guy. He's got a chip on his shoulder, but the rest of the guys just 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 very mediocre, questionable picks uh, throughout the board. And I just think the Panthers really uh, blew it uh, as far as it goes. The next one is definitely uh, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, you know they already got uh, blindside. Why the heck they give uh, Lawan? It makes no sense. Uh, Sankey, 
<laughs> uh, yeah, caught. You got blindside. I mean, wh- why are you gonna go? I mean, why are you going with Luan? I mean, Luan's a good pick, but again, it's just like fill your needs. I mean, stick to your board, but fill your needs as well. I mean, everyone talks about board, 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 but what you gonna draft? If you, if, you, if the top players uh, a D back, you gonna draft you know seven D backs in a row? I mean, come on, you gotta have some common sense with this. You gotta have board and need. It's not. It's not. It's not just the board. It's not just the need either. Uh, Sankey. Yeah, I'm not impressed with Sankey, man. I mean, uh, decent player. Uh, this kid Jones, kid from uh, Penn State, I like. And he's he's a good athlete, but someone with that type of talent in the fourth round, you know, he's inconsistent. So he's gonna bring it. Uh, this other kid, uh, Huff, uh, Wyoming. Not not impressed. Not impressed with this kid. Uh, Williamson, everyone's impressed, you know, people are impressed with Maddenberger, you know, it's the draft grade thing, we got a second round talent in the sixth round, no, 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 we have a fool in the sixth round, I mean, the dude <laughs> had, you knew you were getting tested, and you're going to fail a test because of excess water, so basically, you're going to go drink a t- tank of water, I mean, come on, man, and then the the red flags at Georgia, the back trouble, and this guy going to be Jake the Snake. I mean, I know he didn't pay him a fifth-year option, but come on. I mean, again, this guy if this guy's starting for you, you're going to be in trouble. So, I mean, I, I just don't like Menberger. There's a lot of red flags. Uh, I know Locker has been, you know, banged up, and he's been inconsistent, but I'm sorry. Uh, if, if I'm looking for my quarterback in the future, I'm looking for a guy that with, with, with a genetic back tr- trouble, uh, can't stay out the substances, and got bad care. Basically, was run out of his hometown and had to go to LSU to play football. And, and was in a pro style offense. And you look at I me; mean, he had some great moments with Cam Cameron, and he didn't have some such great moments with Cam Cameron. So we've already seen him kind of pro style offense be mediocre. So uh, not impressed with their draft at all. Wizen Hunt and still stunned at. Um, you know, as far as uh, him not taking, uh, you know, the Minnesota job, just a better job than Tennessee, but that's his choice. And finally, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, uh, one of my best friends is a Bills fan, but they messed up. I mean, they traded for Watkins. I mean, most receivers, I don't care how good you are, I mean, there have been exceptions. They're not going to start off. Sammy Watkins, I think, will be a great player in the league. Will he start off uh, as a great player? No. And he'll be a good player. So to give up a first round next year and, and hurt your franchise for him is just too much. I mean, they got suckered. One well, of my boys in, uh, from Cleveland was like, man, we suckered now. Yeah, you did. They're suckers. You don't give up a first round pick for, unless it's a, it's a guy you know is going to start off a, a DN, something like that, quarterback, not not wide receiver. Uh, Cujo, um this kid is red flags uh, all around, man. Just red flags all around. Um, I mean, I, my understanding is that you had about 20 teams didn't have him on their board, and you picked this guy. So at 44, so it's just it's not 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 a good draft for them. Uh, this kid from Louisville, I like uh, the linebacker. Uh, the cornerback's decent, uh, but they really blew it with uh, the first two picks. It really didn't hurt their draft. These other kids, and, and the central and the central Henderson pick was the worst pick of the draft. This guy was a blue chip five star athlete and left his pro day 
left his pro day, stopped his pro day, there's no way he would be on my board. Anybody would leave his pro day. Jamarcus Russell completed his pro day <laughs> with, with, with flying colors. And this guy left his pro day. And you're going to take him out in the seventh round? No, there's no way, man. The guy also, substance abuse problems. Uh, you know, never played up to his ability. Just a, a prima donna. Um, great prep, but just got to the U and just messed up. And and then everyone talk about the upside, but the guy's not hungry, man. I mean, he might bring it. I hope he brings it because this is this is his last chance, as they said on uh, ESPN and uh, Bill Polian. This is his last chance because this dude ran out of his pro day. Even Bridgewater had a bad pro day and went through it and took his lumps and he lost a lot of money, but still got in the first round. Got a good situation, I think, in Minnesota instead of getting beat up in one of these uh, franchises in the first part of the round. So I think Teddy's happy about it, but. Central Henderson could be one of the worst picks in the draft. So we got a market tape on that one. Carl, yeah, you got to tell people where they can they can reach you, man, on Facebook because you got to follow this cat. I know we ain't got you on Twitter yet, but you need to be on Twitter. This stuff was. I'm on Twitter. Hammer Carl. Hammer Carl on Twitter, man. I don't. I just ain't a big tweeter, but yeah, I'm on Twitter, man. Yeah, yeah, y'all got to get him on that one. Oh, oh, game changer! I don't know what to even do with that. Hey, honestly, he covered mine. I had Buffalo. He basically said it all. I mean, you know, you give up a first round for a wide receiver. It worked for Atlanta, but they had a lot of other pieces. All right, when they got Julio Jones. All right, that was a very different situation. Buffalo's first rounder next year will be a very high pick. Um, Cleveland got over on on him. All right, Cleveland got over on one. Cleveland will probably have. at least one. They'll have at least one top five pick. Buffalo's will be a top five pick. Um, you know, depending on how things go for them, they may have more than one top five pick, but they'll have at least one. Uh, so they guarantee no matter what type of success they have next year, they'll be picking high again. Um, and that's why, that's why I liked what Cleveland did because um, they got over on Buffalo, and that's why I didn't like what Buffalo did. So he broke it down. I think, I think we can let it forever be broke after the hammer uh, just laid it out quite flat. So we're gonna keep it moving. Uh, you know, there's no big there's no need to be no need to be redundant. Alright? <laughs> no need bro. to be redundant. Hey, hey, hey. I, right. I'm a guest host, man. I'm happy uh I was brought to the table, man. Right, so I can eat. Hey. You know what I'm saying? Hey you did you did your thing. You did your thing. So you know you listen to the real sports guys, real sportsguys.com, RSG, Renegade Radio. You're in the midst of the funky editorial brought to you by On the Rocks and Rockford, Illinois, and we are breaking down the uh, NFL draft, giving our RSG draft grades, RSG style. Um, so we, we've broken down the draft, and, 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 and Hammer just kind of dropped the mic real quick, you know, kicked a hole in the speaker and, and such. Uh, we're going to move on to the next question. And that question is, which player drafted fourth round or later will turn out to be a pro bowler, and then who will be a first-round dud? D. Will, I want to start with you. Give me your sleeper, fourth round or lower, that turns into a pro bowler. Uh, you, know, you, know, you, you got me on this one. And you know, I, you know this is my question. And so I got a couple that I think might uh, do it, might bring it uh, a little bit, and that could get into that pro bowl kind of uh, setting. 
and I'm, I'm, I might end up being uh, a little bit of a, a, a homer uh, on this uh, because I'm saving it for because the, uh, the hammer said, well, you didn't even mention him. I'm assuming uh, that he's going to get his act together. Um, and uh, I like I like Matavius. I, I got a player, that man. And and I got a feeling that um, now I don't know how long they're gonna keep him. Steelers will let a receiver go in a minute, but I got a feeling they need that explosive player. They need to to continue to do that, and I I think he can do it. And then my other thing is kind of a, a homer, um, just because um, I think that people might he might see him as a sleeper. Um, and we just talked about depending on how uh, Bowman comes back with injury and what they do with cap room and everything else. Uh, I think my boy Borland out there uh, in uh, uh, Atlanta, they're going to find a way to get the He's count, though. He's third rounder. Oh, I thought, was, I thought it was a little bit later than the fourth. Nah, he's third rounder, man. Oh, I won't get I can't get Borland. I'll stick with my Batavius. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I think he'll be explosive. Okay. Okay. Now give me give me your, your first rounder who is going to be a bust. Well, this was part of the uh, the, the stuff that uh, <clears throat> we just talked about. I wasn't going to mention him. First of all, I think they they say a good thing. I don't think they had a really good draft. Um, but uh, Juwan James for Tennessee uh, that was uh, it for the uh, that drafted by the Dolphins. Um, and the reason why I don't think I think he's going to be a bust is because that franchise is in shambles. I think this could be a good kid. They could be a player. But I I just think that that they got too much going on, and I don't – and I believe they could have got other players. They could have got had another need and got another tackle later on. I don't think he's going to be that player. I got a couple other ones, but I think I – think as a lineman, I, I think he's not going. He's not going to do his thing as a first round draft choice. And you can't miss on tackles, and you can't miss on quarterbacks. Just can't. Okay. Okay. All right. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it completely. All right. Hank. I mean, I'm sorry, Carl. Get the hammer. I'm yeah. getting my hammers mixed up. Carl, the hammer. Yes. Who? Who? who you? Who you got for your fourth round sleeper and your first round bust? I got uh, Justin Ellis with the Raiders. I think he could be another Tommy Kelly type cat. Um, wide body, great burst, steel, small school. This this cat's got first second round talent. Um, Surprised he slipped that low, but uh, the Raiders, uh, McKenzie and them, they, they had a good draft. So uh, this kid, I think, is going gonna to bring it, and uh, you know, it's not going to be the type of pressure that you have, um, you know, on a on a, on a, on a first second rounder. But I think this guy's going to really produce. Um, I like I like what McKenzie's doing up uh, in uh, Oakland. Uh, as far as um, the bust, um, definitely D Ford. No question. When he opened up his his mouth, uh, talking about he was better than Clowney, I already knew he was a fool. But uh, <laughs> you know, the bottom line is that uh, where is he gonna play? I mean, you got Houston, you got Tom Bali, um, terrible pick. I mean, uh, and also just 
not I, I don't think he's a first round talent. And I think uh you know, was it they gonna rotate him in? I mean I, I don't understand at all. So uh this this is a bad pick for them. Guy that, you know, again, very talented, my understanding, but just didn't bring it at uh, Auburn. And so, first round pick on him, man, you know, I hope he, uh, I hope he doesn't end up on broke two on uh, ESPN. So, uh, <laughs> so you know, that, that's all I got to say. Uh, I think they got a waiting list for broke, broke two. two. It's going to be a lot of cats. It's going to be a lot of cats on broke two. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, okay, okay. But he might lose. So, I, so. Hey, hopefully not. For his sake, hopefully not. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna drop mine. I, I hate to see it. I hate to see that, man. I hate to see someone like Vince yeah. Young. I mean, how could Vince Young be broke, man? Ooh, that made no sense. Yeah, that's 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 a that's a thirty for thirty. That that um, that's a thirty for thirty right there. I think they need to they need to do a thirty for thirty on that Texas. USC 2000 was a 2004 national title game. Yeah. Just to where are they? What like all of the guys that were supposed to be something yeah. that whether you're talking about Lindell White, Mike Williams, you know, mm-hmm. uh, all the Texas guys who were on that team, yeah. Vy, yeah. Matt Leinart, yeah. yeah. Reggie Bush. I mean, and Bush is yeah. Bush has done the best of those guys, but he's not what he was what you thought he was going to be. You know, when they were talking, he was the second coming to Gale. Bell's going to beat him out this year, man. Reg, Reggie ain't going to. Bell's the truth, man. Bell's the truth. Hey, uh, hey, at least they got drafted. They should do a thirty for thirty. Got drafted though. Nobody got drafted this year, so that's pitiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah University of Texas, yeah. you didn't get drafted. Yeah, man. nobody got drafted, man. Townsend got somebody drafted. Maris got a got a pick over them. Nobody got drafted. That's pitiful. Man. That's why I did. You know, Mac Brown had to go. Yeah, he got a brother in there, man. Nobody yeah. got drafted, man. They ain't get yeah, that, that's, two. That's 30. crazy. First time since nineteen thirty-seven. Let me say that again. First time since nineteen thirty-seven. Almost a hundred some years, man. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So my sleeper, my fourth round of lower sleeper. Is Andre Williams, Boston College, taken in the fourth round by the New York mm-hmm. Giants. I like that. I like that. I like he's that. Going, that, that, he's, that. He's, he's, he's that kind of runner that they like, and he's going to get touches. Um, mm-hmm. And we all he's know running hungry, back man. is the easiest he's position. Exactly. Running back is the easiest position to hit on early. Um, so I'm, I'm going with Andre Williams as my sleeper, New York Giants. Um, as my bust, my first-round bust, I'm going with the first overall pick in the draft, Jadavian Wow, Jadavian Clowney. Wow. Yeah. Wow. We're gonna talk That's about my that first round bust. Now, we can we can talk nah. about. It. Let me let me hear me out. I hear will. me out. I'll be quiet. So I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening to the pundits. I'm listening to people talk about this cat's talent. He's supposed to be a once in a generational kind of a talent, right? Now, think about guys who have been dubbed that and, uh, across sports in the last 10 years or so. You got LeBron, you got Kevin Durant, um, you got Bryce Harper, uh, Puig, cats like that, right, mm-hmm. who carried that kind of cachet about their talent. Think about the guys who have made good on that talent. Andrew Luck, think about the guys who have made good on that talent. LeBron, KD, mm-hmm. 
Andrew mm-hmm. Luck is in the process. Has anybody ever, ever questioned those guys' work ethic? Ever? No. no. Right? Maybe the LeBron, he, he, he didn't do anything inside, but he, he changed that up with uh with with Akeem. I give him credit on that. So, but it was it wasn't because it it wasn't it wasn't necessarily because he he wasn't willing to work on it. He just hadn't got there. He just hadn't he had hadn't worked on it yet. But it wasn't because he wasn't working. He was showing up other stuff, and then got to that point where okay, I've hit everything else on my checklist. Now this is next on my checklist. Let me go ahead and hit this. That's a good point. Bryce Harper. Still some questions about kind of nah, where he's at. I mean, he, yeah, I don't like him, man. Mm-mm. Right, right, okay. And then you got um, who else? Who else? Oh, Puig, Puig, right? People talking Puig, about whether or not Puig. he really gets after it. And so well, if sample, he's got sample small though with Puig, though, man. It's small sample size, but in that small sample size, what are people saying about his work ethic? It's not. not it's good, not man. right. And so yeah. those guys, they'll be productive. Clowney will be productive. What I'm predicting for Clowney is that he never gets close to his ceiling. He never gets close to what he was supposed to be because he doesn't have that internal motor. He doesn't have that, that internal drive to be the greatest. He has the greatest. He has a great physical skill set, but does he have the mental skill set to capitalize on it? I don't think he does. I think he'll be a good pro. I think he'll be a good player, much in the same way Mario Williams was good. But again, where's Mario Williams? When was the last time Mario Williams had an impact? Last year, a good year, but um, I think the yeah, problem, he had a good year. Yeah. But was it an impactful year? Um, there, Remember, there he was the number one pick. Better. Yeah, I mean, yeah. again, um, they didn't want to pick Reggie Bush, but yeah, again, I can't say about Clowney. I think. Clowney's been hurt by the draft process. Why do we have sports where, I mean, Clowney was ready to go pro after his sophomore, probably freshman year. He played not to get hurt last year. And so no one can tell me from that monster hit on uh, the cat from Michigan. Sorry, D. Wills, but he got jacked up. And, uh, and, and this, in, this last year where he was just listless, that there he was uh, he was afraid of uh you know getting hurt. I mean that's the bottom line. So I think that you can't and what I'm telling you hammer is he may have been. You're right, he may have been. He may have played like he was afraid to get hurt. What I'm gonna tell you is where's the competitor in that? A competitor uh, that, just that plays because you game, love to play the game. I saw somebody almost got killed, homie. That that dude almost that, but, that dude listen. got crushed. But but again, if you're the competitor, if you if you're a competitor, if you're if you're I want to win everything. I want to. If Michael Jordan would have Michael Jordan would have wouldn't have been worried about getting hurt. He'd been worried about winning the game. LeBron. Yeah. I mean these guys these guys go out and they give it everything every time. You get leg whipped. I I I think it's a bad. I mean I understand it now. Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis wouldn't have backed off. Ray Lewis wouldn't have backed off. Well, Ray Matthews Lewis, wouldn't have backed late, off. Late, late first JJ Watt wouldn't have backed off. Uh, JJ, that's true. And JJ, but JJ really went through stratosphere. He, he was a guy that was uh, selling was uh, selling pizzas, and then all of a sudden he was a top ten pick. So, uh, I mean, but what I'm Clowney saying is, has been the number one since he was in, in right. In, you know, in Pop Warner. So, 
Right. I, I just so, think I don't like I don't like the system at so all. So where's the work the system, ethic? So so where's the work ethic? That's what I'm saying. I, I, freshman and sophomore year, the stats were there. Last year, I cannot defend three sacks for his talent level was unacceptable. I don't care. And I'm not even and, I, and I'm not even going years. off. Of, I'm not even going off of necessarily his performance on the field. What I'm going off of more so is is this a guy who has a mental makeup to reach his potential? At the, in the NFL, for, I mean, hey, forget the college stuff. He was more talented than everybody he went against. His talent is undeniable. The kid is exactly what everybody says he is. He's a once-in-a-generational talent. Does he become a once-in-a-generational player? Is is the thing that the, the Texans have to be uh, trying to figure out because talent is about what he can do. They want to know what he's gonna do and what he will do and what he's going. And that's where I have questions about Jadavian Clowney. There's no, there's no question of what he can do, none, none. There's no question of what the brother can do. It is what mm-hmm. is he going to do? And is you he got going DJ to do Wilder it? Other side, man, it's going to be very interesting, man. I think you're going, you're going to see the max impact with JJ Watt and him. That's that's crazy. And they're going to hurt some people, man, next year. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see because again, I've never seen anybody max out a once-in-a-generational talent when their work ethic was dependent, when their success was dependent upon who they were playing with. You put LeBron with me, you, Devon, and Ph.D., and we're going to win 40-some games. <laughs> that's a good point. Because that, that Cleveland team, that's a good point. That, that's a good point. You know uh, what I mean? And, yeah. and so football is a different, it's a different beast, but I'm just comparing mm-hmm. these guys who we view as once-in-a-generational kind of talents and who makes it and who doesn't when they have that level of hype. Because that hype in itself can be a bit crushing and can be a bit suffocating. You know what I mean? And rarely do guys live up to it. But the guys that do have a certain mental makeup. And it's yet to be seen whether or not Jadavian fits into that category yet. Well, I mean, the only thing I can say, I think through the draft process, he, he held up well. The only the only thing he did foolish was the driving crazy, but he stopped that. But I'll give him credit. He didn't. He didn't melt down in the draft process, and and that's what uh, I was very impressed by. That's why I think uh, you know they had to take him at number one. O'Brien and um, and and uh, the GM had to take him uh, you know number one. So, but yeah, I mean you you could be right. I just think that he there's a hunger there, man. There's a puma there, the tiger. Okay. You know. Okay. He's gonna bring it. So. Well, I hope so because I like to see amazing stuff. Especially amazing athletic feats, I love to see. So I would love to be able to say I saw a once in a generational talent in Jadavian Clowney play. I'm hoping he does make good, but again, there's some signs there that give me pause. Uh, with that said, I'm going to have a place to build. Go ahead, D. Wills. I said, and if he does, a lot of it, the reason why he will is the fact he did go to Houston. I think. Watt and Cush, these guys will make him play at that level in practice, and it's whether or not he can up, he can stand up to how hard they work and stay with them in terms of the intensity. Because I'm assuming that at Carolina, he could take mental breaks in space in practice in the way that they did. That's not going to happen for him in Houston, and not with that coach. So it's can he can he stay in the moment? If you see him playing, it's because those guys are making him do it. And Romeo is going to be yeah. good for him too. Going to be a great defense coordinator for him. I think that's another thing that'll help him. So Romeo, I mean, he he didn't make it as a head coach, but 
great line coach, great D coordinator, uh, really coached up some talent. So I think they got they got him. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think again, the draft process showed he really conducted himself well in the draft process. I was very impressed with that. He could have said great. People were coming at him during the draft process. And this guy really didn't know who was going to be the first pick. I mean, I thought they might mess around and pick Mac because Max, Max, Max is an intriguing pick, but uh, they did the right thing, so they had to do it. So you don't pass on that type of talent. So okay, well, we're not going to pass on that type of talent either. We go, we are going to pay some bills. So here, let, let, we'll hit y'all. <laughs> now we're going to get into our resistance digital dog of the week. Resistance digital solutions. Are you tired of running to the boys in blue? Are you done with listening to sales staff trying to upsell you technology that you don't need? We've all been there. So, what did the real sports guys do? We contacted Resistance Digital Solutions for all our technology needs. They are not there to meet sales quotas or make profit margins. They simply just want to sell you what you need at a fair price. From iPads to PCs to flat screens, TVs, or intricate home theater systems, they customize every solution based on your needs. Check out their website at www.resistancedigital.com or email them at sales at resistancedigital.com for your custom technology solutions today. All right. Again, Dog of the Week is brought to you by Resistance Digital. Fellas, I'm going to start with my man D. Wills. You know how it goes. We need more dogs. Every once in a while on this show, we will start we will we will identify somebody who is sports related but not of sports as a dog of the week, and that's mine. Mine is Anderson Cooper because he <laughs> helped us all understand. He confirmed everything we knew about what it means to be crazy and have money. Anderson, <laughs> thank you for creating an up open his, his check case. You might get a check from his wife who who, go, who, who building a case for divorce. But I appreciate you exposing Donald Sterling for what he really is and tipping it. The look on Anderson's face was classic. I ain't never seen anybody. He, he had shock. He was shocked in ways he couldn't believe. But, but every once in a while, he's one of our special dogs of the week. Thank you, Anderson. <laughs> Shout out to Anderson Cooper. Oh, man. Yeah, the look on his face was priceless. It really was. Hammer, hit me off with one. We need more dogs. And uh, Josh Gordon, uh, no doubt about it, man. Uh, mm. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> how can you ruin so much talent, man? Uh, well, I think he's more of an anti-dog of the week. <laughs> oh, okay. Excuse me. Yeah, he's I think he's more of the opposite of a dog of the week. Okay, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. This was late. Um, you need to fight it. Yeah, yeah, redefine. My bad. The bad. Um, hmm, let me look right now. Uh, I, I would say that the the players on the Clippers in general are all dogs, man. The fact that they okay. have dealt with this, uh, with, with this, with this, with this terrible situation, um, and not disintegrated and uh, playing good ball, I think it definitely, um, you know, uh, especially Doc Rivers, I would say as well. Um, they haven't quit on the team. Uh, they didn't come out, you know, the other night and play well. But I think they're definitely they're all dogs. So I, I, I give them uh, 
uh, you know, I definitely, I think that they're uh, the dogs of the week. The Clippers and uh, dealing with that mess and Archie Bunker, uh, you know, the 21st century Archie Bunker with a with billion dollars, um, you know, as far as <laughs> being your owner. And uh, and Edith, uh, you know, Bunker uh, being uh, being around there too. Uh, I think they just uh, that's really they're the dogs of the week. So yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to the Clips for holding it down. I'm going off the board a little bit. My dog of the week. Um, my dog of the week. I'm going with a young man named Brandon Sherrod. If you haven't heard of this story, this is, uh, Brandon Sherrod is a junior at Yale, um, and he will be leaving the basketball team uh, to sing in uh, a male a cappella group that is very prestigious at Yale University. Uh, the name of the group is the Whiffenpoofs. So 6'6", junior forward, is one of 14 students selected to make up next year's edition for the Whiffin' Poops. He's leaving the game of basketball, leaving a team that possibly would contend for an Ivy League title with Harvard um, to follow another passion of his. Uh, in particular, this is also a young man who has never left the United States. And through this particular uh, group, this acapella singing group, he's going to be able to see, they do dates on all seven continents except Antarctica. So shout out to him for making a hard choice, but also having a big picture perspective and really embracing uh, the concept of a student athlete. And he's being supported by his teammates. His teammates want him to go and do this. Um, mm -hmm. So shout out to him for exemplifying something that we always talk about on this show uh, kids having diverse interests, um, kids being students first, um, but also looking to take it full advantage of, of everything that they can do during their college experience as an athlete. He's doing that. So hats off to Brandon Sherrod. If you haven't had a chance to really – I'm not doing a story justice, but Google it. There's, quite a, there's been quite a few stories written on it. It's fantastic uh, for this young man to have this opportunity. Again, this is a kid – uh, much like myself, I had never left the continental U.S., um, and I really had only been to about three states up until I was 21. And, you know, that was my first plane ride. Um, and that was thanks to, you know, my, my experience as a college athlete. So, you know, the college experience should be a gateway to the world for kids, especially kids who come from situations where they may not come from means or, or, or be able to, kind of experience the world, uh, the fullness of the world that that we live in. So that's off to him. So that's my dog of the week, Brandon Sherrod, junior, forward from uh, Yale University. You know, so mm -hmm. Google it. It's a really great story. Uh, check no, that out. Story. Great, yeah. 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 So you listen to the Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com. We're, we're coming up on the end of the show. Um, before we get into it, we do – want to uh, kind of touch on the NBA. Um, you know, you got Indiana. I'm gonna hit, I want the guys to hit me off with some quick, some quick takes. Um, Indiana, Washington. If Indiana survives, they're up 3-2 now. Washington stole the game tonight in Indiana. Indiana couldn't close them out. If Indiana stole survives. Them. They beat them down. 
I mean, they stole it. I mean, they stole it. They took it from them. You know, they they they, they took it from without a weapon. <laughs> you know, hand to hand combat. Oh man, I was like, you know, that it, was it, like it, Butter Knife versus more. Machetes, homie. That was like Butter Knife. They got beat one hundred two seventy nine at home, man. It was more. It was more. When I say stole, I mean more like uh, in Friday when Debo came and took the bike from Red and was telling <laughs> my bike punk. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. They kind of strong armed him. <laughs> I give you that. You know, and Red, and Red was kind of like, yeah, okay, it could be both of ours. You know, you just keep it in my house. <laughs> and then it was like, no, it's my bike, punk. <laughs> and Weston wasn't having that. But the real question is, can Indiana, can Indiana still give uh, Miami a run? Do no, you still no, see them as no. a potential contender? Okay, no, no, so no. the hammer is going no. D. Wills, do you think they still no, got some no. sort of a shot? Unless they can have a full time, three full time psychologists on the bench throughout the game. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> three full time psychologists is going is, is is what it's going to take, huh? Your Larry Bird is not paying for that. <laughs> Larry Bird is not signing those checks. He is not. He is not. Okay. So, next question. Um, OKC, LA. Is this is this is this gonna be? I mean, this is getting pretty. But the Clippers have this effect on people, man. Like the Golden State Clippers series was highly contested, highly contested. This uh, OKC Clippers series is highly contested. Are the Clippers becoming? kind of that new team that people just that just gets on people's nerves. What do you think about that, D. Wills? What do you think about this OKC Clippers rivalry? Well, that's all Doc Rivers, man. He challenged, he challenged Blake. Um, you know, I talked a lot about Blake's. Um, what he needed to do is develop a better post game, and he's done that. Um, but a lot of that toughness, um, Doc has been pushing on them about establishing themselves physically. Now, they fake thugs, and that's part of the problem because, you know, other cats look at them like, yeah, Doc is there, but you still fake thugs. And so that's why they're getting a challenge back um, a little bit. Uh, but I like it. I, you know, I was asking, I was saying, is this a new rivalry, rivalry, the OKC and the Clippers? And I think this is one that can go for a while, and I like it. I like the testiness. I like, uh, you know, uh, the blood coming out the nose, looking at the referee like, where's the foul? That feels like that, that feels very 80s to me, and I, I, I long for that. I long for that 80s stuff. Yeah, and the Clippers got some cats that, that you know, CP3 is a jerk when he plays. Um, yeah. Matt Barnes is, whoa, man. I, 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 I love punch Matt Barnes in the face. <laughs> I love him if he was on my team. If I was playing against him, I'd punch him in the face. <laughs> you know, he's coming from that Doug Christie. He's coming from that Doug Christie cloth, man, the, the light skin, curly hair. Agitator, man. <laughs> you, you, you've been like Nino. You like Nino with that dog when everything got messed up at the car. Yeah. You walked yeah. around at night. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I, I have to take. I have to. Uh, I have to punch. Uh, and then you know, people get tired of Blake. You know, doing his uh, Incredible Hulk. You know, yeah. Impersonation, and then but then 
you know, turning into, uh, you know, turning into a, a, a chump when, yeah. when he gets any Banner. contact. They're into Bruce Banner, yeah. Right, right, going Bruce Banner, you know, anytime there's contact, you know, and then, and then you know, you got J.J. Reddick, who people just don't like. <laughs> you know, people haven't liked him. And Queen Donald Sterling. You hear about that? Right. Queen Sterling? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, Sterling was... Sterling, that's, how, that's how deep shit, man. Sterling, Sterling deserves a whole other show, man. This dude here. How can you hate on Magic Johnson? Everybody loves Magic. I ain't, that's Sterling, I ain't met a person with an issue with Magic, man. Hey, yeah, you know, you got to yeah, have some issues if you hate no magic, man. You just do. You really just do. You know, not only that, man, you, your, your, your racism is so deep. Your, bigot, your bigotry is so deep that you didn't want to sign a white guy because you don't think white guys can play no basketball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, yeah. man, the first thing I said when this story came out, you know, it wrote that he was 81 years old, and I had to remind myself, this dude was born in the 1930s. <laughs> so, I mean, really, when you say it out loud, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, he was. I mean, you think these people go away. <laughs> you know, you think these people have all kind of passed away. There's still some hanging around, and Donald Sterling is one of them. I mean, he just doesn't All in the family, it. I mean, man. Archie Bunker. I'm telling you. He, I mean, Archie Bunker might look at him sideways and be like, man, what are you talking about? <laughs> Even Archie Bunker might be a little bit uh, a little bit embarrassed. Like, you're giving Biggest a bad name, man. Come on. Your bigotry makes no sense. <laughs> you dislike black people with your own NBA team. If you dislike the black people, why would Archie, you? Archie would have called George Jefferson over like, have you heard about this? Right. Right. Have you heard about this idiot? (laughs) I mean, I don't like black people, but this guy is silly. (laughs) He's taking it to another level. Right. (laughs) He's got got a half-black mistress. (laughs) He owns an NBA team. (laughs) But he has the nerve to have a problem with black people? Like seriously, like if and you didn't want to be around, why people do right? And, and here's the deal: if you didn't want to be around black people, why would you own an NBA team? And out of all the sports, <laughs> out of it's all a the great sports, investment, yeah. man. Look, look how much, look how much he bought the team for. What's worth now? That's crazy, man. Yeah, man. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, all craziness, man. All craziness. So we got about four minutes left. Uh, it's time for the Excel Academics last word. Excel Academics changing the world one mentor at a time. Uh, we appreciate them coming on as a sponsor. Uh, they sponsor our last word a segment where one of the renegades kind of takes the mic and, and solos uh, to close us out. I'm gonna pass it off to my man D. Wills. Do you think you, you, you got it this week? Yeah, I, I'll take it. And, and I, 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 Hammer, I might give you a few minutes on the mic just because you're a guest. Please. We, we, we might, because we definitely want to have you do this. I'll set the table. You know, what I, what I love about, and I've talked about this before, is um, how sports puts a different lens on life for us. Um, forces us to really 
think about those inner demons because we can't get away from it because it's our gateway to our past. Whether it's the conversation about Sam and how he may have reacted after being selected by the Rams and and, and people seeing that how that interrupted their love for their sport or whatever, um, they can't get away from it. Whether it's Donald Sterling talking about whatever he's talking about, you can't get away from it because you got to go through it to get to your team that you love. And that's what I love about sports because it forces folks to deal with things they normally don't want to deal with because that's the only way they can get to what they want and so we try to bring that element to you every week, and we love it. And that's why we bring people like the Hammer, who bring these really broad, unique perspectives. So in the, in, in the spirit of that, we like to hand it over to you for just a, a minute to say whatever you want to say, brother. Well, I'd like to thank y'all for uh, letting me be guest host uh, tonight. It's an honor. Um, brought it, you know, except for uh, the dog thing, but... I just want to say that uh, the real sports guys out there, um, you know, I'm looking forward to these camps and the NFL, man. I mean, it's NFL all year, so. And uh, it was a compelling draft, and uh, we got a compelling uh, playoff series. Clippers are bringing it up right now. Um, you know, we got LeBron doing his thing. Um, Spurs, you know. I mean, it's going to be a nice playoff series. And uh, the th- one thing that uh, it's as needed right now is baseball. Baseball's hurting, man. Um, we got to get baseball back. Uh, I don't know what they need to do, but uh, uh, a pitch timer or something. But to see baseball and also see uh, real talk, the number, the, the, the few number of African-Americans that are, that are in the sport now, people don't want to play baseball anymore. It's unbelievable. I mean, and so uh, – you know, the the whole sports uh, sports game is uh, is so unique, but baseball is really struggling right now, man. A kid like Jose Fernandez out for the year, all these kids with these arm injuries, it's an epidemic out there. So, um, and that's all I gotta say. You know, go Cubs. Hope the Cubs can uh, <laughs> can do something, but I don't see it. So, every year uh, they disappoint me. So, what can I say? All right. So that does it for this edition of the Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com, RSG, Renegade Radio, and we out.